the project. Kuwait. Learn. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode. See, you're like, wait. We got an awesome episode for you. We do. So, so Dr. Dinko, are you going to practice the infomercial questions? What was it again? Are you struggling with your identity? Are you struggling with your identity? Have you wondered who you are in the real life? Can you identify? Do you belong here or there? Are you just trying to find out the secrets to life? No. But, but in reality, everybody, today's episode, we were talking about identity. I know, and it's great because we're bringing it from the perspective of individuals that live in Kuwait. While most people really believe in identity that has something to do with immigration or adolescence, we wanted to give it a little bit more of a twist in understanding people that live in a country, they're a majority, but they're really a minority. That's true. And I mean, who better to take it from than two Arabs? Two Arabs. Two Arab Americans. Who are struggling with their identity. Who always (laughs) struggle with their identity. You know, like I grew up as a mutt. So, you know, I have the American background from my mother, the Kuwaiti from my father. Never really that sense of belonging that we talked about. And you actually, you reeled me in a couple times in this episode by explaining what it was like for someone that didn't have the self-realization that I have. That's right. So I think that's really... And the process that you have to do to be able to be comfortable. And I think this is great for a lot of people. I mean, even for me, I didn't have identity. I mean, I was an immigrant, then I'm back here, I'm American, but I was born here. Like, there's a lot of things that we can deal with with identity. And I think this is going to be really, really effective for a lot of people. So yeah, definitely you'll have a takeaway out of this episode. If you have any questions or concerns, please DM us. Feel free at any time. All this and more in today's episode. Hello. Uh, you're good to go? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Hi, how are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this one to you. So you you're going to leave it to yeah, me? Yeah, you got to welcome everybody. Let's I do? Yeah. <laughs> I want to welcome everyone. <laughs> it's like it's such a <laughs> no, spot. <laughs> sorry, the, list, the listeners will get it. <laughs> they get it. They know who we are by now. <laughs> I hope so. Well, we picked wonderful topics today. This topic is amazing. I feel like it's something that most people probably feel it, but they don't speak about it or they have an ally. So everyone listen to what we have to talk about today. We're going to talk about identity. A lot of times we talk about identity when you're in the US and you've got immigrants or we talk about identity when it comes to adolescence. But I wanted to be able to talk about it in the sense of people that live here in this part of the world in Kuwait. Since I've moved here 2005, I used to know identity because I worked with a lot of Arab Americans in the US. So immigrants, trying to acculturate, talk about assimilation, acculturation, all of those factors and being able to help these adolescents uh, maneuver their way through their family identity and the Western identity. And then so I thought when I came here, I thought I don't have to hear about that because there's no immigrants per se. I would have to shift something else, talk about because that was all my experiences in the Chicago area. And then I came here and then I started teaching at the university. And it was very interesting because like maybe a couple of months after I started teaching. I was also at that time, part position was teaching, part was in the counseling center. And it's so interesting because like I got a couple of people coming into me and this was all new to me. Like I'm born in Kuwait, but I've been living all my life in the US. So I feel like I never really thought anyone would come and talk about in the sense. So the first student came in and started talking about their struggle with identity and how they were from another country like Syria, and they've been living here for all their life. From the beginning, they were born here, raised here. Some of them, even their parents are here, first generation, and then he's second generation and he doesn't have the citizenship. Well, of course, like at that time, I didn't know who gets citizenship. I just thought everyone was like Americans. 
you come here and in the U.S., if you're born in the U.S., you get your citizenship. And then the guy was talking to me in a Kuwaiti dialogue. So I would have never known that he's not Kuwaiti. Because obviously, if you're born here, raised here, you go to the schools here, you're going to be able to be identified as someone like Kuwaiti. And then it was such an eye-opener for me because I realized, wow, what does this person identify with? So this biggest struggle, I mean, this one of the cases. And then, of course, later on, when I started practicing here, I realized that this is something really we need to address. So this person is like, I'm not Kuwaiti, but I was born here. I speak Kuwaiti. I dress like Kuwaiti. I love the Kuwaiti culture. My music is all Kuwaiti. So what do I do? I can't remember. It was 14 years ago, but it seems to me like he came in in the student counseling because he was struggling because he liked a Kuwaiti girl and he was worried that if he goes and proposes or asks her for marriage, that definitely he'll be refused. And to me, I was like, of course, I was naive. And I was like, what? It doesn't matter. You love her. I love the way, you know, we Americans give advice in these cultures. And I was like, what? It doesn't matter. You love her. She loves you. What difference does it make? And he's like, that's what he realized. Oh, this lady doesn't know it. Yeah, she's clueless. She just just got to Kuwait. (laughs) She just got to Kuwait. And I was thinking, wow. And he's like, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. Even though there is, I'm totally Kuwaiti. I feel Kuwaiti, but I don't have that passport. And therefore her parents will probably refuse me and will cause a lot of hardship for our kids or whatever. And this guy was so depressed because he felt rejected by the country or within himself that he was being rejected from a culture that he totally has been raised to believe it's yours and you are part of this. So today, I think it's very important that we really, I mean, what do you do with these individuals? I mean, this is one of the numbers, but then after that, I start practicing and I realized how people really constantly struggle. I mean, there are some families here, they're like three generation. Like for example, from India, you'll get the grandparents are here, the parents are here and the kids are from here. And therefore, you know, they're still Indian. But I've had some families say, no, I don't have anybody in India that I belong to, or I don't really have roots there. Of course, you're not going to have roots there if you have three generations. I mean, the first generation, maybe they go back and come and maybe you go for visits, but you don't feel like you're part of that. This is where you belong. And because this is where you belong, it seems like, but you don't really belong. So people are like in the midst of two worlds. I'm not really Indian or this guy is like, I'm not Syrian, but I am not Kuwaiti. And what am I? And so you grow up. Can you imagine how hard it is? When you get older, you start to develop what your identity is and you can decide what you want it to be. You could have both. You can immerse yourself in both. Is the citizenship that important to you? But when you're thinking about it, young adults, like the people I saw in the university or people that I see at the clinic, or even when you're a teenager and you go into school and being bullied because you're speaking in one dialogue, but everyone knows that that's not where your origin. So I feel like it is something people really struggle with a lot. And the idea of having this sense of identity, it's very important for your growth. So all along you're growing, believing this. I even had a family. I had this girl one time, now thinking about it, remembering it. This girl grew up not knowing that she is not Kuwaiti because the mom was Kuwaiti and the dad was something else. I can't remember now, but She just grew up believing that she was because mom is Kuwaiti. And then when she got to a particular age, she realized, I don't know, the mom was hiding the identity that she is from another nationality. And the mom made them believe that they were Kuwaiti. And when you're young, like you don't know, you don't hold your passport with you. 
unless the mom has told you you're Kuwaiti and then you believe that you are and you go along believing that until she got to a particular age where somebody at school actually brought it up to her and she was really shocked. And she went home and confronted her mom and asked her mom, is it true this person was making fun of me and saying that I'm not Kuwaiti? Am I, I can't even remember, I think maybe Iraqi. And the mom is like, she had a really hard time. She's like, it doesn't matter what you are. You know, she started to like trying to cover it up or trying to protect this girl. And the girl was devastated because you grow up to believe you are something. And then when you're young, you don't question it. And then when you get older, you question it, especially in this part of the world, they question it because when it comes close to marriage, because here you're all along. And just think about it. I mean, if you think about the dynamic of what happens when I'm growing up, believing that I'm American and growing up to be American, and then you're realizing really that is not my roots. Or here, people growing up believing that they're Kuwaiti and their parents hiding that identity. And you know, when you ask parents of why did you do that? Most of the time it's like, I'm protecting my child. I didn't feel like it was necessary for her to know. I didn't want her to go through a crisis. And maybe at that time, the mom didn't understand the dynamic that this girl is going to go through when she gets a little older. And maybe a lot of times parents feel like, well, when she gets older, I'll tell her. But by then, when she told her, it was really traumatic experience because it's like, what? You never told me that we're not. You never brought it up to me that I have a different identity. And then somebody at school has to make fun of you. So I feel like people are really dismissing the sense of what does this do to me? And what does it mean? Is it really all about citizenship? Is it about who I'm identifying with? Is it a lot have to do with who am I as a person? And I mean, you're already struggling with who am I as a teenager and young adult, and you're trying to put yourself somewhere and then to grow up to believe that. But there is also another dynamic is that you're rejected by the society that you're in. So here, for example, the idea is, is that you don't get citizen when you're born. You get your citizen by being in the family. You get some certain criteria where you can get the, earn the citizenship. But the idea is, is that, so here you don't have it and you grow up all your life believing that you're less than because most of the time for marriage, for example, can you imagine somebody saying to me, I'm not going to marry you because you're not Kuwaiti. So you could be a wonderful person and you could be the best mom, that you could be the best wife. And ultimately it all stops there. For whatever reason, it's like you know, families here are very protective of that because they obviously are thinking of the offspring and they're thinking of the grandparents, the grandkids and the struggle. And to be honest, now after 14, 15 years where I have seen couples that she's Kuwaiti married to a non-Kuwaiti, unless they're from a Western kind of a citizenship, they usually their kids don't have a lot of benefits. Some kids are, depends on the school, they really bully you for your nationality. And it's a struggle for them that some families I've known, they've even like had gone to the U.S., for example, or have brought their kids somewhere else because they feel like they're not going to be able to survive. But even in general, I mean, looking at it from that perspective, I look at it from the perspective of my dad's Kuwaiti, my mom's American. Uh. And yet I face the acceptance issues that I was othered also mm. because I wasn't a full Kuwaiti. So even in university, when I was president of student so, whatever yes. or student of student, student council, yeah. student council. That's right. I remember that. I, I remember the Kuwaiti guy saying, you're not Kuwaiti enough. They were like, Mehdi, with all due respect, you're just not Kuwaiti enough. And I looked at him and I was like, are you kidding me? I used other words. <laughs> I used a lot of different other so words. So what makes you Kuwaiti, right? Yeah. It's like, 
well, you know, I think what makes me Kuwaiti or what makes anyone a citizen of or a part of a society is what they're doing and their contribution to that society in general. So how did it make you feel when he said that? I mean, of course, you obviously shared some nice words to him, but I'm sure this was not the first time you heard that no, you're no, not it, Kuwaiti. It, it wasn't. And in all honesty, I didn't give a shit. <laughs> you know, like I, it, personally, I didn't care. Yeah, it hurt me at the time, but I walked away from him saying, okay, you're saying I'm not Kuwaiti? Fine. I'm just going to win anyways. That was my mindset of… That I'm challenged not, you. Yeah. I mean, I always take the underdog approach. Well, that's, so, I mean, I that's, mean, that's me though. Yeah. And that's your personality actually. But some people do not take it as and a challenge. And it knocks them down even further. And it knocks them down further that of someone else that they would have said that to them. Even though you don't really have to be Kuwaiti to run. I don't think so now. No, no, no. You it? didn't have to be Kuwaiti. This was… I was surprised. It, it was to get the party involvement. Uh, I mean, it's uh, like, you know, how you have this group and that group. Yeah. So I went over the expat group. Yeah. Right. And, and they all it, loved you. Yeah. And it was the <laughs> Kuwaiti group that were like, no, we're not going to, you're not Kuwaiti enough. And this came from a very close friend of mine. Yeah. And a guy that I respected a lot at the time. Uh, and when he said that to me, it was kind of like, really? All right, fine. Screw you. I'm just going to do it anyway. But to but your it's point, so rejecting. It know? is. But I was, I mean, I get up from stuff like that. It yeah. doesn't knock me down. Whereas what you said is some people, mm. it just knocks them down and they might even pull out of the race entirely. Oh, of if course. That's said to them because of whether it's confidence issues or anything. I mean, but can you imagine like that was a race that someone said that to you and you're half Kuwaiti anyways. Can you imagine that here you are hiding your own identity? I mean, I've seen it in relationship where the girl falls in love with a guy and she's not Kuwaiti, but she speaks the dialect. Yep. She looks Kuwaiti. And then when he asks her, she says, I am Kuwaiti. She says she lies about she it. Because she lies yeah. about it. Yep. I mean, that just tells you that how is she feeling about herself? Like to really lie about your own nationality. Not because you're not, and maybe because she doesn't have that connection. Like I've had a lot of patients like that, for example. And I'm like, why did you lie about it? And the answer is, is that because I don't feel that. I don't feel that I'm part of this other nationality. So if I say I'm Egyptian or Lebanese or whatever it is, I am not Egyptian because all my life I have been Kuwaiti. And then the second thing is, is that I had to lie because if I would have told him from the beginning that I'm not Kuwaiti, he wouldn't have liked me enough. He wouldn't have even thought of me of marriage, for example. And then the idea is, is that you feel rejected. And so automatically you've got this like list of like, I might as well just say I'm Kuwaiti, have him fall in love with me. And I'm thinking, well, then I said to her, well, what did you expect to happen after this case in particular that I'm thinking about? Four years they were together. Now, how did he not know? I mean, sometimes you don't really need to know. But is the problem with the person of having the psychological issue or is it just society sucks? I you mean, know what I mean? I like, think it's both, it's, right? Because personally, I, mean, I, think I look is... at it where society, nationality... Okay, it's a factor, but it's not that big of a factor nowadays. It's but such here a global it is. Commu- I mean, we can't deny that. Here it is. Oh, 100%. And here you get messages that the idea is that a lot of families, like there are some families that are very liberal and they're like, I mean, I've seen them, they're like, whatever my son and my daughter wants, they should be married to whoever they love. But then the majority will say, no, we want someone to be Kuwaiti. They know our culture. They know our tradition. And we want our son to be married to that particular. So there is a criteria of who they want their son or their daughter to be married to. So, and then when you fall in love with someone that you didn't really know that they were not Kuwaiti, but then that says something about that person. Like, what does that say about her? She's, if you reject your identity and you've rejected your nationality, which means that you're rejecting you. And that's what people don't understand. No, you are not Kuwaiti. No, yes, you were raised here and you were born here. And yes, there is a lot of things you've learned from this culture. But ultimately, 
who do you identify with? Now, people might say, well, no, I identify Kuwaiti because I was raised here. That's fine. So you've identified this, but then you have to come in turn with, yes, I've identified with this culture. I am this culture, but I don't have the citizenship. And for some people, that passport makes a difference because it gives you legal rights to many things. We cannot deny that. That's true. No, 100%. And because it gives me legal rights to many things, these parents are not allowing their son to be married. I mean, the son here, I think it's a little bit easier here. So you'll see a son, Kuwaiti son, married to a Lebanese, Egyptian, Syrians, because they are not worried because his kids are going to get the citizenship anyways. It's the girl that when she, when she is falling in love with someone else that is not Kuwaiti and she's Kuwaiti, then the struggle happens because the parents are worried about what will happen to their grandkids. And sometimes it is reality. Let's, I it's mean, true. We cannot minimize the need that when she's Kuwaiti and she marries an Egyptian man, for example, right? What happens? Her kids are going to be what she's Kuwaiti, but her kids don't get the citizenship. So they'll have to get the Egyptian or the Iraqi or whatever, the nationality of the father, right? So now let's think about it. What are their rights? Living here, they don't have much law. Now, just recently, there have been some laws where it gave the kids of a Kuwaiti mother some rights. Now, but Totally, you think about it, they are minimized of where countries they can get visas from, for example. Yeah. What schools can they go to? Are they able to be able to use access to Kuwait University? Which is recently, when I came here, there wasn't they, that they, law. They didn't have that law. No, yeah. And then now they have that law, which is very good. They're starting to give some entitlements to the children of that have Kuwaiti mothers. Now, I'm going to rock the boat a little bit. Mm, rock. Are, rock. You, are you ready for this one? Oh, jeez. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're on this show, to rock. See, the... see that, that's, what, that's why I've been quiet the whole time. I've, I've been formulating my And my, I could see idea. that. Like, I could see you. Like, you're thinking, I'm thinking, oh, my God. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like, all right, how can I set up a trap? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So identity is basically a social construction that we all construct. That's right. So yeah. the boundaries are created by society and what we have made it. That's right? right. Exactly. Okay, look at me. I'll be all smart. <laughs> I'll be all smart. Now, when we look at male and female identity and what they identify as, because here in Kuwait, like everywhere else in the world, there are huge issues with identifying as a male or identifying as a female. Mm. Right? Right. And the rights and privileges you get. The rights and the privileges that you do which, get. Yeah. Because we know males especially white males, they get all the privileges well, in the, the world. Tier, they're right? the top tier, right? They're top tier, exactly, exactly. And if you're a white female, you're not going to get paid the same as a white male. Right, that's right. And if you're a male that identifies as being as a woman, nowadays mm. in the Western society is okay. Right. And if you're a female that identifies as a male, is still okay. That's right. So yeah, see where I'm going? Uh, I see where you're going. <laughs> I told you I got to rock. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> In this culture, what does that mean? Huh? In this culture, we know what that means. You're going to jail, basically. Mm. <laughs> you know, because we're not there yet. I don't think we're there yet. And I don't know if we're ever going to get there where we have rights for individuals that have the third gender. Yeah. Right? And so, I mean, it's bad enough how what's happening with males and females and what are the rights. I mean, obviously, this is a patriarchal country. I, I, I was going somewhere else with the question. Let, uh, me, let, me, yeah, let me finish. finish. Let me get, let me, because I don't want to pigeonhole us into like going into the gender specific stuff. Right. But I'm just using gender as an example of a social construct. Uh, now, with identity in terms of nationality, that also is sort of a social construct that we have built in society. And I think if you look at the United States, I'll use them as an example, not Europe, because I think in Europe, they're just as racist as America, if not more. Uh, 
And in the States, they're kind of getting more liberal about it in certain areas of a black man marrying a white woman, a white man marrying a black girl. You know what I mean? Like the constructs are getting broken down. Right. Right. That's true. Now, how can we as individuals or as people come away from this and say, all right, I have been in Kuwait my whole life. I see myself as a Kuwaiti citizen mm. or a person of Kuwait in the uh. society because of the construction that the construct I've built. Mm-hmm. How do we get away from that and sort of accepting what we are? Mm. So we're accepting just gender or accepting all of uh, us? us? Just not gender, not Kuwaiti, not whatever. Just accepting us. Just being accepted. Just accepting and I think who that's we are. The, I think that's the goal, right? The goal is that we have to reach the level of acceptance. And the idea is, is that you have to be comfortable with who you are. We are given labels by the society, right? So the idea is we need to understand because we are living in a society that gives me certain labels. We have to start realizing that we don't really live in a bubble. And some of those labels we have to be able to adhere to. But now we have to talk about two types of acceptance, internal acceptance and external acceptance. So I could be able to accept myself for who I am, but I know that the society doesn't really accept me the way I am. Now you need to start getting to the idea where the society might never accept who I am. If I am comfortable with myself and I have confidence with who I am, it doesn't really matter what the society says that you are. So if you're born and raised here, but you don't have the Kuwaiti nationality, the idea is, is that what should you do? Should you go back to your country where you don't know anything? And you know, this is the struggle of even immigrants in the U.S. where their parents have immigrated to the U.S. and they were very small. Now they are born and raised or they came very small and they were raised in the U.S. What do you do with those immigrants that suddenly their parents are identifying themselves as Asian, for example, but the kids don't see themselves as Asian. A, they've never gone back. I mean, we have to think about what is identity. It's not just about being able to... So if these Asian kids are not going to identify with their country of origin because they don't go back as often, they don't have any contact to that culture and all their contact comes from the surrounding and the environment that they live in. So they do see themselves as Americans while the parents are seeing themselves as Asians, for example. And also the language. There's a lot of variables that go along to my identity. The identity of for example, my country, the language, the culture. And so these Asian kids in the U.S., they are raised to speak English or they're speaking English. Their parents are not speaking English that well. And so there's a minimal of communication between them. And so therefore, what happens is like these kids, what happens after a while? They grow up and they start to find an identity of both. And most kids that really do very well is that they start to accept that they do come from this country. So that's why a lot of times in America, at first, I remember when I first went to the U.S. and I immigrated and I couldn't wait till I become citizen because I didn't want people to ask me, where were you from? Because then I'm identified as the immigrant. I mean, think about it. I was like maybe 13 or 12. I can't remember. So how did you acclimate to become accepted or accept yourself for who you were in the society. So at first I was like, oh, I can't wait till I get the citizen because at that time, you know, you're 11, 12, you're thinking, if I just got the citizen, then at least I'm not lying. And at least I'm saying, yes, I'm American. So I got the citizen. And then I remember I was just excited. So now I'm waiting for the first person to ask me, where are you from? And then they asked me, where are you from? And I said, I'm American. Of course, I got the citizen now. I'm so proud of myself. And then what do they say to me? No, no, no. I mean, where are you originally from? That devastated me. I was like, I worked so hard to get the citizen 
And now this person's asking me the origin of you because you don't look American, which is whatever that means, right? So then at that moment, I realized I'm never going to hide where I'm from. I, even if I speak English and my language, my accent is Chicagoan, the idea is, is that people will always say, even here, they do it to me. So they'll start speaking Arabic to me. And sometimes I, I mean, I speak Arabic, but sometimes I don't. And the idea is, is like, I'll speak English. I'm like, why do you speak Arabic to me? For example, like in a restaurant, they'll give you the menu and it's in Arabic. And I don't know how to read and write Arabic. So they give it to me and I'm like, can I have an English one, please? And they're looking at me because I look Arab. So they say to me, no, the idea is that you look Arab. So the idea is that here I realized, I mean, I realized a long time ago, in order for me to really be able to function, I have to be able to realize that I am from both worlds. And there are certain things makes me American, but there are a lot of other things that also make me an Arab. So when it's concrete like that, it's easier. But when you come here, and you come from an Arab country, but you're living in another Arab country, for example, and this is the country you identify with, then you have to really be honest with yourself. You can identify, you can speak this language, but somehow you need to get to the point where you realize, don't be ashamed from where you came from. And I think this is what the problem is, is that people are starting to feel ashamed of where they came from, maybe because they've been bullied by that country they come from, or maybe because they've heard other people talking about bad about other people that live in the surrounding region, for example. So you have to get to the point, you got to be proud of where you come from. You cannot dismiss that. So when I work with people all the time and they're like, no, 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 but I am Kuwaiti and I just don't have the citizen. I wish I had the citizen. I tell them that they need to really be realistic. The citizen might never come. You cannot live in a world where you're denying yourself that your origin are important. Origins are important, regardless if I was born in that country or if I was born here. Everyone has an origin and these origins we need to be proud of. So what I tell people is that the more you accept where you come from and stop feeding into the stereotype you heard that you're from. So if you have a lot of stereotypes about Filipinos, for example, or Indians or Pakistanis, and you're one of them, right? You are going to grow up feeling ashamed of those nationality. And therefore you say to yourself, no, no, no. Yes, my parents are Filipinos, but I was born and raised here. I speak Arabic. I don't really identify. I don't know nothing in the Philippines. Well, what they need to do is start to understand their origin, understand where they come from and be proud of it instead of feeding into these people saying, it's very interesting because I had a student one time who came from two different nationalities and he told me he wasn't proud of the two nationalities he came from. And then that saddened me, to be honest, because it means that he's rejecting himself. People don't understand when they say, my mom is from this place and my dad is from this place, two Arab countries, and I'm not really proud of them. And also I blame the parents because the parents need to make their kids proud of where they come from. If you make your kid proud of where they come from, even if they're born and raised here, and even if you cannot go back in the original country, but speak that language, immerse them in memories of their grandparents, let them be proud of it in the house. Then when they grow up, they'll be okay with their identity. They'll say, I'm Kuwaiti. They'll say that I was born and raised here, but my parents are Lebanese, for example. It really depends on the parents and the environment you're raised in. I love that. So, I mean, I think you summed it up perfectly. So, realization, mm. and then it's acceptance, mm. transparency, and then just being proud of it, and then being the advocacy of it. That's of, right. Of being an advocate, like a brand advocate. Or surround your, yourself with yeah. people like yourself, right? That makes sense. No, that makes total I sense. I mean, if you're not Kuwaiti, but you're born and raised here, but all your friends are Kuwaiti, you're never going to be proud that you're Syrian. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, going back to that first case, right? But the idea is, is that that kid that I'm talking about, actually all his friends were Kuwaiti. He did nothing that was Syrian and actually used to have conflict with his parents because they wanted him to speak with a Syrian dialogue. He refused. So the only way, why fight it? What you really need to do is realize this is the reality. This is where you come from. There's nothing you can do about it. Immerse yourself with some Syrian friends and immerse yourself with some Kuwaiti friends. Have a balance. So that way, the more we are with people that are similar to us, the more we will accept ourselves. And that's very, very important in identity. Yeah, no, 100%. That's very what, true. What was it? What did you teach me? Social affiliation. Social affiliation, <laughs> that's right. Well, I'm so proud that you really remember all this. Hey, it was a good class. <laughs> wow. I'm not sure of my students after that. Nowadays, you ask them, they're like, oh, I forgot, but I remember this one thing you taught me. No, but I think... What Identity said, is important. It really know? is. And I think what you said is applicable to male and female also. You yes, know, it's, it's true. It just really comes down to what you said, realizing who you are and just accepting it and... I mean, even male and female, if you grew up in a home where they made the woman feel awkward, they've always praised the guy and constantly make comments that women are nothing but trouble. Men are better in this. I mean, you know, I've had homes where mom and dad advocate to have a boy, for example, and they give the boy all these privileges, making the girl feel like she is less competent, less willing, and her job is only in the house. Well, if you teach that with your daughter, your daughter is not going to have confidence She's always going to feed into the stereotype. But then there are families, their daughters grow up in a home where the males and females are equal, where they make comments about females that are positive and she grows up to be positive. And then she surrounds herself with other girls who are also positive and happy and proud to be girls. So if you surround yourself with the environment that really promotes and fosters this kind of confidence, you'll succeed versus the other ones that are walking around denying who they are until they get to the point where there's an obstacle. I think you just summed it up. I think we're done. <laughs> I think we're done. So that's definitely a wrap. That was a good, that yes, was, that was a way, good I, job ending it. Oh, uh, you're good. That was, that good, thank good, you. A, and if anyone has any questions, DM Dr. Dinka or the Project Kuwait and we'll definitely answer them. Yes. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.